1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we're continuing our NWSL 2022 team-by-team previews. This one, we're going to be taking a deep dive into Orlando Pride ahead of the 2022 season. But before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. If you're listening to this as a podcast, please give us a five star rating and review. It takes just a second and it really helps us out. And you can do that on Apple Podcasts, on the five star slash rating review page and on Spotify, Spotify, excuse me, on the Attacking Third page. Please give us five stars. It helps us out so, so much. Orlando Pride, Lisa, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about Orlando Pride. How are you doing today? Are you ready to get into another
2: one of these previews? I'm ready to get into it. I mean, this is this might be a tough preview for me to get through. I'm not going to lie. Um and we'll talk about why, but it's it's a different year for Orlando Pride. A lot of different players, a lot of different movements happening. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. As I've said on a lot of our previews, I love the deep dive. I love looking at the rosters because the preseason rosters are so fun. They're lengthy, they're crazy. Um I'm, I'm just ready to get playing games. I'm like Let's go. Let's start the season. Let's see what these players can do on the pitch. But Orlando Pride, I mean, a lot to talk about. Sandra, are you ready? Look, I'm more than ready. I'm here. I'm
1: I'm ready to talk about Orlando Pride because they have had to go through a pretty active offseason. A lot of folks with maybe a lot more questions right around this team instead of answers but I'm here for it. You know, I came prepare. I'm in my my NASA hat. I got my my NASA baseball cap on. You know, I'm ready to add Astra this whole uh <laughs> preview. Let's let, let's do it. Let's uh let, let's jump into this. Let me uh let me take it a step back, right, for our listeners here do a little bit of an overview before we get into the actual roster and questions there. New head coach for Orlando Pride ahead of the 2022 season. They hired Amanda Cromwell to fill the head coaching position. Primarily a collegiate coach for many, many years. Spent the last several years at UCLA for nearly a decade before. Switching to NWSL for her first professional season within the league. And then along the way, there were some additional hires. Right, Whenever you have a new head coach, you have additional uh, coaching staff hires that come into play. The introduction of Sam Green as an assistant, had spent nine seasons with Cromwell at UCLA. And another one that made a lot of headlines was former United States Women's National Team star and Hall of Famer Michelle Akers returning to the sport of soccer as an assistant coach now alongside uh, Cromwell and Green with Orlando Pride. In terms of the finish for this team in 2021, they ended with a number eight ranking on the table out of 10 teams. And quite frankly, in our very early way too early power rankings on attacking third, where we took a look at all 12 teams ahead of 2022, we did place Orlando pride as number 12. So we're ready to take a look at how the rest of the offseason unfolded for this team and maybe finally get a chance to talk a little bit about preseason specifically. Let's maybe go through some breakout roster signings, right? Who who was signed in the offseason, whether they're rookies or veterans, et cetera. Uh, some moves that the team made Um in light of maybe so many departures, where we'll get into that (laughs) as well. But in terms of additions, they're welcoming a midfielder, Angar James from San Diego Wave, forward Darian Jenkins from Kansas City Current, uh, defender Cecilia from O.L. Reign, defender uh, Caitlin Cosme uh, out of the draft, and then forward Leah Pruitt from O.L. Reign. And that's, like I said, on top of some of the biggest losses, right? So a lot of headlines around player departures, specifically for Orlando Pride. Goalkeeper Ashton Harris and Allie Krieger making their way to Gotham FC. Allie Riley also heading back to the West Coast. Jody Taylor, Alex Morgan now with San Diego Wave FC. Emily Van Eggman, who was on loan for a little bit but will be joining uh, the West Coast as well, I believe. And then Mia Fischl, uh also making some 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 waves of some news in that being selected out of the draft, but then opting to start her career in Liga MX Feminil with Tigres Feminil. And then the Pride also had to bid farewell to Phoebe McLernan uh, during draft week, and then also recently bid farewell to uh, to Taylor Korniak alongside uh, Van Egmont. So a, a lot of departures here. Lisa, uh, in the middle of maybe trying to add to build up to this team. I think when you're looking at actual breakout roster signings versus losses, I don't know if you can actually look at these two ends of the spectrum and say they cancel each other out. But what stands out to you the most, whether it's on uh, the addition or the subtraction side of this scale?
2: The biggest thing that stands out to me is that Orlando is doing a lot of changes with their player personnel. Uh, When you look at the list of the losses, that's a very, very hefty list, and it's all over the pitch. A lot of other teams that we've uh, dove in on the players that they've lost and, and, and the holes in their rosters starting for 2022, it's been Uh, secluded to an area of the field of the pitch and of the roster for Orlando. It's everywhere. It's their starting goalkeeper. It's their starting center backs. It's their starting forwards. It's starting midfielders for them. It's players all over the pitch and in many different holes. And in a lot of positions that they the players that are gone solidified their role in for, for example, goalkeeper Ashlyn Harris. She was the go-to goalkeeper for Orlando pride. She was their brick wall in net. Um, She never wavered. And then also you look at up top a forward, like Alex Morgan. She started in the expansion club when Orlando pride joined the NWSL. She had solidified her role as the striker for Orlando alongside Sidney LaRue in front of Marta. There's just a lot of, big, big missing holes. Um, it's also so interesting about Mia official, how she was drafted to Orlando going to play under former head coach of herself at UCLA and Amanda Cromwell from her collegiate days and opting out of the NWSL and leaving well before the 2022 preseason even started for the NWSL. So, um, there are a lot of holes, but the biggest thing is that it's all over the roster and there are many, many different positions where um, there is not a starter that there was in 2021. When you look at some of the breakout roster signings, I think getting Haas James from San Diego is pretty big, Darian Jenkins from Kansas City, a player up top that can hopefully score some goals, and even Leah Pruitt from O.L. Reign, another forward that has had spurts and moments. But the players that Orlando signed in James Jenkins, Celia from O.L. Reign, Caitlin Cosme, Leah Pruitt, they are not superstars. None of them are players that can really take a team by the reins and and look it in the face and say, we're going to win this thing. Um, Lucky for O.L. Reign, we'll get into their current roster, but they, or excuse me, for Orlando, they do still have some of those intense Players that have that personality to say, I'm going to lead this team in Sydney LaRue and in Marta. Uh, but I mean, the biggest roster signing for me, I, I think, is going to be uh, Darian Jenkins or even Leah Pruitt, forwards up top that have room to grow, have the ability to have that creativity in the front line and try to just make something out of nothing at Orlando. I mean, the biggest losses. When you look at this giant list, is there one that stands out to you, Sandra? Because for me, it's—I could pick three or four of their biggest, most desperate yeah. Losses. No, I'm I'm here with you. I think <laughs> there's a
1: ton that you can go through here and be like, "That's a that's a really big loss. That's a really big loss." But you know, I, the one that probably sticks out to me the most is is probably Ashton Harris, right? Yeah. Uh, in terms of her departure, I, I mean, this this club made their arrival to NWSL in 2016. And they really did so in terms of building around a player like Harris, right. And kind of making her persona, her, her position uh, within the team is, is part of a defining piece, right. Of Orlando pride in terms of team culture and such, you know, was the captain of this team for X amount of years. I mean, and this is a player who is a phenomenal NWSL goalkeeper. I mean, she, broke a record you know in terms of most saves uh in NWL by by a keeper so this is this is somebody who absolutely uh was uh, an, an integral part of the early days of what was uh orlando pride so to sort of see this player go ahead and make a make a departure i think was big in a lot of ways but absolutely both positionally right and in terms of um what a a player has meant to to a franchise so i think when it comes to the goalkeeper position frankly there's there's not a shortage of those right across, across the the league so it is a position that can absolutely be be filled uh but when we're looking at some of the additions to this one i'm in agreement with you In that Darian Jenkins and Aaliyah Pruitt attacking players, right? Uh, Bringing attacking players into the fold was important for this Orlando Pride team, who we believe, you know, on paper, look like they're a club that's going to be going through a a bit of a rebuild, right? And we're going to get more into that. So in terms of fleshing out certain positions that needed to be filled, right, let's take a look at this preseason, Roster, right? So several players across uh you know different lines here. Let's start with the goalkeepers, Kaylee Collins, Aaron McLeod, and Anna Morehouse listed as goalkeepers for Orlando Pride in preseason. Defenders, nine total. Carrie Abello, Kaylin Cosme, Cecilia Jimenez Elgado, Carrie Lawrence, Megan Montefusco, Cordy Peterson, Tony Presley, Kylie Strump, and Amy Turner. Midfielders with nine, Michaela Clough, Meggie Doherty Howard. Hunger James, Gunny, John's daughter, Thai Rice, Parker Roberts, Erica Timrek, Viviana Villacorta, Chelsea, Washington. And then for the forward core, rounding out with eight players in Julie Doyle, Darian Jenkins, Abby Kim, Sydney LaRue, Leah Pruitt, Jesse Scarpa, Jada Talley, and Marta, the Brazilian legend. So, I mean, looking at this roster... This preseason roster, knowing that there are going to eventually be cuts, right, as the preseason continues to go on ahead of the Challenge Cup. I think there are players that we can go through in this roster, despite so many of the departures, right, and new faces that are being introduced to the club. And there's a number of players that you can go through and say, this is probably going to be a starting 11 caliber player that we see on opening day and when we're going through this roster even just looking in the short term just looking at 2021 the season we just came off of right there are several players that you can point to and say this was someone who played a role in 2021 this is another player who made or played a role in 2021 and I think when we're looking from the top down players who stand out there it's a Sydney LaRue Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are, these are two players in the attacking core that you would assume are probably going to be locks for uh, a starting 11 uh, should preseason go well and everybody remains healthy. And then even when you get into the midfield core where there's probably some questions there, a player like Gunny John's daughter, Erica Timrak, right? Dorothy Howard, who they also acquired uh, in a trade ahead of twenty twenty one. Players who ended up seeing time on the pitch, uh, and you could do the same thing with with defenders as well. Uh, when we're looking at someone like a, a Courtney Peterson, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's players that you can go through in this roster and maybe kind of pin, put a pin on pin on it, and say this is someone that we're likely going to see in a starting 11. But in terms of breaking
2: down... Even, even Amy Turner. I, I know you're running yeah. through that list. Uh, she's another one that saw a lot of time last year in 2021. We yep. could see her slotting into that back line. An p- international player that really needs to step up losing uh, Ali Krieger and Allie Riley.
1: Yeah, when we're talking about this roster coming off of some of those... Those big departures, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like we can look and and circle like this with someone who was a a part of of starting lineups in, in 2021. But there's, similarly to some other rosters across the league right now, there are opportunities here across all the lines, right, for Orlando Pride for a number of these players to probably really get in there into preseason and compete and show Amanda Cromwell, the coaching staff, that they want to compete for a spot in that, in that starting 11. And I think a good way to maybe break this down in that we're talking about the roster, we're talking about perhaps an ideal starting 11, but breaking this down into maybe some other areas to watch, right? Mm-hmm. When we're looking at young prospects to watch for Orlando Pride, I'm excited for this club. They have also been showing a bit of excitement in saying, hey, announcing that They are signing their young prospects to contracts, right, ahead of, you know, or going into this preseason. And someone I'm really excited about for this team and that I want to keep an eye on is uh, Viviana Villacorta. You know, this is a player that they actually drafted out of the 2021 draft, right, who is just now going to be able to participate in a in a full preseason ahead of a full season with uh, with her NWSL club right so during that 2021 draft where there was a a bit of a pandemic clause right where then there for, for players who were declaring they could declare for the the draft or opt back into playing their final senior seasons with um with their collegiate teams and while the most recent draft is probably freshest in everyone's mind and then somebody like a player and me official getting uh drafted and making uh, headlines about opting to play for Tigres you know there's there was that storyline about the connection between UCLA and Cromwell and what they're building in Orlando Pride so when I'm looking for young prospects to have an impact and this Orlando Pride team, it's absolutely mm-hmm. la corta for me because this is another one of those players that can you can point to and say there's that connection in terms of a of a player at the collegiate level already having a relationship with the coaching staff in place in Orlando. They this is like a mutual relationship here where the player knows what the coaching staff is probably going to expect from them and vice versa. The coaching staff knows that this is a type of player that they can ask X, Y or Z from and sort of see them execute that um, out on the pitch. Now, she's coming off of an ACL injury, so I'm very eager to see uh, what she looks like sort of post rehab and recovery. But she's absolutely my young prospect uh, to keep an eye on. Uh I think
2: she's a really good one to keep an eye on because there's also not like a box that she is trying to fit in, right? There's no real super high expectations for this club, which I think as a young player helps you, helps you with that advantage because you can come in um, and – do anything. And if you contribute and if you help, that's great. Um, So uh, ceilings really, really high for a young player like that. When you look at the experienced side of things, um, there's are some experienced players on this roster, whether they they're coming in from a different team or they've been there. And I think one of them that we definitely have to highlight is Gunny Jan's daughter. She is a, a midfielder player, the Icelandic international. She came at the start of the 2021 season, right before the NWSL championship. So she had a full, or excuse me, the NWSL challenge cup, which Orlando did not compete in. Um, But they, she came in and to this club and she was able to play games and be a contributor for Mark Skinner. And then as the coaching change happened in the middle of the year for 2021, uh, Becky Burley stepped in as the interim head coach Jan's daughter was a consistent factor and she was one of the most consistent players. She's uh, older. She has a lot of experience and 33 years old, uh, but she appeared in every single regular season game, which is super impressive for her. And she was such a consistent factor. So her experience um, taking the team last year through every single match and through the ups and downs that Orlando had with players rotating in throughout the Olympics during the summer, she's remained that constant factor. Can she step up her game just a little bit more, be that experienced player that controls the midfield that can bridge the gaps between younger players in Viviana Villacorta and some of the more veteran players in Sydney, LaRue and Marta, um, She's Gunny Onsodder is a midfielder and a player for Orlando that has the experience that can hopefully lean into that and also help Amanda Cromwell. Because remember, head coach for the Pride, Amanda Cromwell, this is her first professional season, which changes things. It does. It's a different game. These players only have to focus on their sport, they no longer have class to run to or um, different social activities that are happening in college. It's just a different beast overall. And we saw that with Becky Burley, who was the F- University of Florida coach for years. She stepped in to coach halfway through the Orlando season. Her biggest change was these are professional and they're women. They show up to practice every day and they want to get better. They know what it's like to train. Um, so I, I think if Jan's daughter can be that bridge, be that consistent player, it could be a really, really big year for Yon daughter.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think in a off season that saw. Uh, yes, a lot of departures, but a lot of those departures be more uh, experienced or veteran level type of players, I think was also very significant. So a team like Orlando Pride that is welcoming a lot of new faces into the fold, not just on the player side, but also like really in the administrative level and the coaching side of things, Mm -hmm. there are going to be moments and stretches throughout a long season where you really do lean into and rely on those veteran and experienced players. And I absolutely, uh, am in agreement that John thought is going to be one of those players. I mean, she was nearly a player of that caliber last year. She was somebody who was absolutely... In the mix of almost competing for uh, an Iron Woman title with Orlando Pride, you know, playing in that midfield week in and, and week out and, and down the stretch, as uh, the Pride sort of kind of fell out of uh, contention, there kind of getting a limited minutes. So I think that's going to to ring true, ring louder this year uh, in terms of her position in the midfield and, and for this uh, for this team in regards to, to leadership. Uh, but in terms of looking at this team and and this sort of rebuild that we're looking at for them. We're also going to be looking for players who are going to try to take that next step mm-hmm. players that we want to see, take it to the next level. And I think when we're looking at this sort of category of player, I'm keeping my eye on Courtney Peterson for this one. This is a defender, young defender for Orlando pride who joined the team fairly recently. I think when we're you know talking about it, you're talking about joining up with the team In a really tough time in 2020, was only able to get limited minutes, right? Because when we remember 2020, it consisted of, uh, you know, the height of the pandemic, uh, the inaugural Challenge Cup, right? Which Orlando, unfortunately, was unable to participate in and really only be able to get in a little bit of fall series. And so getting a real look at Courtney Peterson and who she is and what she can bring to Orlando pride during this 2021 season was very impressive. So as a player entering her third year in the league, I think that we're going to keep an eye on a player like this to sort of keep that pace going, right? Keep that development going. And now she's going to be doing this alongside, a new coaching staff, right, versus the old coaching staff with with Mark Skinner and, and company, who brought her into the fold. So I'm looking for Courtney Peterson to continue her development and take that next step to the next level with Orlando Pride. In terms of an international spotlight, it's a big international year. We're looking at players who are very impactful for their teams who could possibly be missing some time due to international windows in light of World Cup qualifiers and such. And I think uh, a big one that we're uh, looking at, of course, is uh, somebody like uh, Marta, you know, a player who has be- very quickly uh, become real. Uh, we're talking about faces of this franchise, right? Uh, sort of became a, an additional face of, of the franchise. Um an icon of the game right it goes without saying and I think even it, with all of sort of the narrative around who the Orlando Pride are going to be on the pitch in 2022 when you have somebody like Marta on your roster you maybe look at the roster a little bit differently you're like oh okay well you've got a legend on your team so really how is this uh, going to possibly look but you know in terms of a uh, Conmebol, in terms of Copa America, uh, qualifiers coming into play. You're talking about a, you know, a stretch of of summertime, right? Peak summertime uh, matches that somebody like Amartha could be uh, missing. And then maybe I'm also even looking at uh, Gunny John's as well for this category. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, someone who's going to, Potentially be participating in uh, UEFA uh, qualifiers, and, and those are coming up very soon, right in, uh, in February, but they go and stretch as late into October of this year. So, uh, again, a couple of players here who are, are impactful for the, the pride on the pitch for club, but also equally as impactful for their teams uh, on the national team level as well, so there's a maybe a, a moment where we can't necessarily nail down a starting eleven, but uh, I like that <laughs> we've got a handful of players that we can sort of maybe highlight and uh, chat a little bit about in terms of uh, this the season to come for this team. But I think with all of this, there's been these these questions right around this Orlando Pride team as they enter 2022, and I think one of the biggest burning questions for us as this team officially steps into the 2022 season, is will they actually lean into their rebuild? There has been a number of times where maybe that word has been viewed as a negative, right? It sort of has this perception as if, uh, you know, there isn't going to be anything impactful or inciting that's happening with a team that's in the middle of a rebuild. But I don't feel that way about this Orlando Pride team. I want to see them lean into mm-hmm. a rebuild with enthusiasm and with excitement. And I, my hope is by that extension of that, their uh, fans, their community in Orlando will rally behind that. Uh, there's a lot of young prospects here to keep an eye on. And while we did highlight a player like uh, Viviana Villacorta, there's a number of others, right, who are within that as well. And highlighting uh, Courtney Peterson as that next level, next step player is, again, just one. Of many, I mean, we're talking about players making their arrival to an Orlando Pride team that are NWSL experienced level players. Players like Darian Jenkins, yeah, at this point, a player like Leah Pruitt—they are rejoining another club in their professional careers—and you have to believe that they are probably excited to get in the mix of a team that is an established franchise but is still trying to conceptually build something new. So that's my biggest burning question for this team going into 2022. Is it a rebuild? Lean into it. Yes. Absolutely.
2: I think if they do lean into it, it's almost like uh, when you have to go to that family party that you don't really want to go to and who are you going to talk to and it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable and can you leave early? Like they have the 2022 season ahead of them. Go into this season with maybe like minimal expectations. And I mean that in like a very positive way in like, okay, how can we rebuild? How can we try different formations and different players in different positions and and different player personnel combinations on the field? Lean into that. Go for all the different dips at the snack table and try them all on one pretzel. See what works really well. (laughs) Just lean into it as much as they can And at the end of the season, I mean, it's almost like looking back to 2021 at the end of that regular season, Kansas City, the expansion club for last season, they leaned into their last place finish for the 2021 year. And they kind of Wiped their slate clean and said, okay, let's just go out there and win the games that we can. And they played spoiler at the end of the season. Not that Orlando is there by any means, but can they just go in every single day and try to get something out of that day, um, no matter what it can be? And, And you're right. It's it's if they can lean into this rebuild. I know you mentioned the starting 11, um, I, I can't give you one right now. There are so many holes in it. And I want Amanda Cromwell, head coach for of the Pride, to use that and try to move players around even Marta throw her in a different position right like try her out on the wing not in the center mid or drop her back a little deeper and see if she can create moving forward with the ball just try out a lot of different things um, and use this year to your advantage because they are an established club they're not going anywhere they have an MLS affiliate so use this year to just get better and grow the game for some younger, inexperienced players. It's preseason,
1: right? right? It's like, that's what it's for. Try some stuff. It's it's, it's preseason. Yeah. Let's just, uh, let's see uh, what what happens there. In terms of uh, a projected finish, right? This is always the fun part of the episode where we know we get to revisit and see how wrong we were. When we look back into our attacking third way too early power rankings, we did have Orlando Pride placed last in those rankings, and I'm not going to front everybody uh, witnessing the off season that took place a lot of some of the chaos the biggest acquisition being at this point, lots of allocation money. Right. Um, I think we're going to stay in that category. Mm -hmm. I think maybe be ambitious for Orlando pride and say that perhaps maybe give them a range somewhere from the nine to 12 place. There are two expansion clubs coming into the fold and it has uh, history has shown us that expansion sites tend to struggle a little bit to gain their footing. Uh, in NWSL as things kick off. Uh, so there are two other teams to maybe contend for yeah. that <laughs> kind of bottom, got, bottom place, but there's going to be some things that this team has to work on moving forward. And I don't think uh, it's unfair to, to put a number this early uh, in the year. And I would love to come back and uh, talk about it uh, and be proven wrong. I mean, that's uh, our other favorite part of this besides talking about defenders and goalkeepers and stuff like that.
2: It really is, and when you look at just Orlando Pride and all that they've lost, uh, yeah, I'm gonna put them in that nine to twelve range. We put them at twelve in December, but literally last in the league for 2022. But giving them the nine to twelve range is better because we have to take into account the other. 11 teams in this league for 2022. And there are two expansion sides um, that there are so many unknowns between Angel City and San Diego Wave FC. And, And we've already done a number of these previews with North Carolina and Gotham and Portland. And North Carolina is another team that Sean Nahas is not calling it a rebuild year, uh, but they've lost a lot of parts too. We didn't rate them that high. We put them just out of playoff contention. So that also throws a wrench in Orlando's plan for 2022 and vice versa. Orlando could play spoiler to North Carolina um, and, and kind of duke it out towards the end of it. But yes. it, yeah, for 2022, it's it's towards the bottom of the league. This is a rebuild year mm-hmm. for Orlando Pride. Can they lean into that and, and push for that ninth spot, not the 12th spot, right? It's every little point that counts
1: yeah absolutely and I mean I'm not no one's trying to come on here and act like they're not gonna compete I think early in the season in 2021 Orlando Pride came out on this ridiculous you know seven game undefeated streak right to sort of start off the season and then unfortunately their season just took a bit of a tailspin coming out of the summer and then down into the stretch of the final months of the season and while Cindy LaRue is a very talented forward. You cannot expect one player to kind of save your season, right? And we saw that a little bit down the stretch. And while LaRue gave us amazing, highlight-worthy goals, late last-minute stoppage time goals, uh, it's a team sport. Right. So you Mm got to see uh, you got to see that come to, to light with this team moving forward. And you're talking about a team that was kind of in the middle of playoff discussion until they were pretty much out of it with about two weeks to three weeks remaining in the season for NWSL. And maybe that's something that they can lean into as well a little bit, that they were part of the mix for an extended period amount of time uh, until they just simply weren't. So we'll see where this team ends up. Uh, We want to thank everybody for listening to our Orlando Pride 2022 preview, full team-by-team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL coming up. Stay tuned with us. You can drop us your thoughts about Orlando on Twitter at Attacking Third or in the comments if you subscribe on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. But don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with Orlando Pride forward Darian Jenkins right after this quick break.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third. We're so pleased to have player interviews alongside our team-by-team previews ahead of the NWSL 2022 season. And for this segment, we have a special interview segment with Darian Jenkins, forward for Orlando Pride. It's your first time on Attacking Third, Darian. so, uh, So welcome to the show.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: We were so hyped to to get you on on uh, the show. We were chatting a little bit off mic about it and just uh, being able to to talk with you about preseason things, but also talk about what your plans are, you know, what you plan to bring to uh, Orlando Pride uh, for 2022 season. But just to kick things off very simply. Obviously we're in the full swing of preseason now, coming off of a little bit of a shorter, what felt like a shorter off season. Um mm-hmm. so just to ask you like how, how's it going? How was off season? How'd you spend your off season? How you been? <laughs>
3: um, I'll start with off season. Off season was good. Um last year was a tough year coming off. So um it was actually nice to kind of this is the first year I actually took some time off instead of going abroad and playing. Um So, yeah, it was really nice to just get my body feeling right and kind of get my mind in the right space, too. Um, And then, you know, with the trade to Orlando, I was really excited about it. Um, I think it's just good to have a fresh start and then be with my old coaching staff, like almost everyone. Um, We have Amanda, Sam, and now Aline just got announced as our goalkeeper coach. She's a ray of sunshine. So um, it's been good. And then first week of preseason is – first week of preseason lots of running (laughs) lots of running practices 100 miles an hour but um you know it was good to get that under our belts and it's nice to be um with the team and everyone's just really positive and really wanting to build so we're just into week two and it's been really good it's been fun
2: Darren, you mentioned the offseason. I'm glad you had some time to rest and relax. That is so, so necessary. But you were traded in this offseason. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. you went from Kansas City to Orlando Pride. Um, uh, I mean, you've been with a number of different teams, right? Being drafted mm-hmm. in 2017 and now ending up at or- Orlando Pride. How did this trade come about in this offseason? Who initiated it and and how did it come about?
3: Um. Yeah, you know, I kind of... Um, I kind of had a feeling that there was just going to be a lot of change from last year, you know, Kansas city, uh, every team makes a lot of changes with the new teams coming in. So, um, I just kind of figured, you know, I've, there's always, you know, Oh, I might be traded. I might not. Should I pack my things? Should I not? So I was kind of like prepared to be traded, but like also expecting to go back to KC. So I was a little surprised. Um, but then ultimately excited, big picture. Um, I think it's just a better fit and, uh, yeah, that's kind of, I just had a conversation with, um, the old coach at KC, and, um, yeah, you know, everything was good, no bad blood or anything. I think it's good on both parties.
1: Right on. I want to chat with you a little bit about, sort of before maybe or during this process of your transition from Kansas City to Orlando and even mm-hmm. maybe even before that right because well, we've been doing a lot on attacking third is we've been trying to take the time to, to celebrate the, the passing and the red, rati- the, the newly ratified CBA. And that's something the negotiations that to, to try to get something like that done were in the process for a very long time, right? We heard uh, all yeah, about yeah. how there was constant negotiating throughout the duration of 2021. And that's adjacent to all of the things that the league and the players were going through um, mm-hmm. in the midst uh, of all that. So to sort of, uh, have this this move happen, right? You're with a new a new club now in in Orlando, and then on the eve of what's supposed to be preseason, it finally comes out. Boom! Historic first ever CBA for the NWSL players. So for for you personally, as as a player who's kind of had that experience in this league, going from from club to club, you talking about at the top of the show here, like. You got to you got to stay ready. You were almost like, yeah, <laughs> might might I have to have these conversations? I might not have them, but if we have them, I'm going to be ready for them. So what does that mean for for you having, uh, you know, still being in this league to witness this historic moment to have this CBA in place going forward?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing. Um, Even now, like negotiating a contract, like having the ability to have room to negotiate whereas yeah. before it was hey you're going to be paid 17,000 and that's you are going to get or we'll just get someone else who's okay with making that. Mm-hmm. Um so it's pretty amazing just to be in that space where you know we're working towards free agency and that's something that's going to come up um and just having rights even you know maternity leave mental health leave you know there's a lot of stuff that's just really amazing that's really bare minimum that we should have. Um So it's amazing to be a part of that. And, you know, I've been in the league, I think this is my sixth season now. Um, From when I first started to now there's such a huge difference and um, I'm just excited to see, you know, all the real changes it makes in the long run and as season goes on and we're really going to see just from the top down things getting better for players in this league, you know, for,
1: for, sorry, for, for hearing some of the players who have been, um, involved in the league for X amount of years and to sort of hear their piece on this, because this is, this is a league that's entering its 10th year and mm-hmm. there's a number of players like yourself saying you you're going into your sixth year in the league. We had to uh, sit down and chat with some other players. We have Merit Matthias on with us. Who's been with the league since, you know, 2013. And there are things within the CBA that um, are very clearly reflective of like players experiences within hundred percent when we're seeing some of the, the, you know, the points that were won, right. For, for the players where, whether it's something like the, you know, the different types of leave, whether that's for pregnancy adoption or, or just mental health for you yourself personally, is there anything in particular of all these bullet points, right. That are within the CBA that just sort of resonated with you personally more than any others.
3: Um, I don't know if I can pinpoint just one, but I think kind of what I mentioned before that there's the fact that there's going to be structural change um, from top down um, is what's going to be huge because you know even last year if you had a complaint to be filed we don't have an HR program to go to <laughs> yeah. there's you no know, there's no one to talk to about grievances or uh, like you know there's a lot of people that were in positions of power across various teams that saw you play at practice and then would decide if you get cut. Um, Which shouldn't, you know, there shouldn't be those crossing lanes of power, you know, where your contract is at someone's hand who's watching your every move. Um, You know, just because you have a bad two days of training or something. So I think that, and honestly, one of the biggest things um, is for the players to get waived. The fact that they get, an extra, I think it's like an extra month pay and insurance covered. Like that is huge because I know that there's players that have experienced being waived um, the fourth of the month so that they don't have to get paid anymore. Um, and that leaves you, you know, we don't make a lot of money that leaves you in such a tough position. And I always feel so bad when that happens. Cause you know, I don't, I've been in positions, especially when I was younger, where I don't have any money. Everything I'm making is going to gas or food, whatever. Um, so I think that is huge. And, um, yeah, like I said, all around the structural change, I think is just going to be really a new standard, um, that this league is needed for a really long time. And I'm excited for how it's just going to keep getting better.
2: I love listening to the players give their own personal experiences about the CBA because you guys have lived it. And as Sandra mentioned, mm-hmm. like you, it's directly reflected in the CBA and the terms that came out, hopefully it continues to grow and that league continues to evolve and, and the standard and the bar is continuously raised, especially over mm-hmm. the next few years. But I'm excited for this season because we'll see some of these changes in place. And I think it's already happened a little bit. Um, You mentioned six years in the league, five seasons playing a bit of an injury to start there for you, but four different clubs um in <laughs> yeah. five seasons playing and you're you said it you you said it yourself you always have to be ready for what's next and and for the change that is to come so how difficult is it to stay ready and stay prepared if you are changing clubs and and what are you focusing on um in the day to day just to be prepared for anything
3: yeah that's a great question i think um i think something that i've i've grown up a lot or yeah, gotten better at. Whereas when I was younger, I would be really stressed about things that aren't in my control. So, you know, if coach wants to trade me or if they're wanting to go with someone else to start or, um, you know, I'm on the be the non-starting team of practice, you know, like I think those things really used to affect me and being traded one of them, like always having that kind of anxiety in the off season when you're leaving. Um, and I think now I'm just kind of like, you know, I'm a good player. I'll go where I'm going to go. And if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I think since I've adopted that mindset, things have worked out for me really well. You know, even this year, it's kind of crazy that I'm with Amanda, Sam, and Alini. Um, and we were all joking about it. Um, that we all The fact that we all ended up here. Um, So yeah, I think I just try to focus on exactly what I can control, which is being fit, going in, feeling technically sound, um, working on you know, like my shots and stuff going in. So I feel confident in preseason. And, you know, that's all I really have control over. So oh, letting hell. the rest roll off my back.
1: Let's keep energy. Let's keep, let's keep that
3: energy <laughs> yes. going. All right.
1: With, um with, with last year, right. With Kansas city current in the, one of the new expansion clubs uh, mm-hmm. in this season in the during that season. And, and sometimes there's a little bit of a narrative that comes with, with new expansion sides where it's like, there's not a lot of expectation there that maybe they will struggle a bit on the pitch, blah, 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 blah. Right. Yeah. So in terms of looking at that, that season, right. But kind of, in the rear view mirror, um, there were some milestones that, that you made, you know, leading the, the team tied for goals right there. And, and that really that late kind of second half surge where like the team kind of took on a bit of a spoiler role and was, you know, going on a little bit of, you know, a undefeated streak. Uh, it was very, very interesting to cover like uh, Kansas city in, in two different halves. So for, for you, when you get into a, a, a new preseason, start of a new preseason, and then on top of that with a new club, What's maybe um, something that you're trying to build on during that 2021 season that you're trying to keep with you into
2: 2022?
3: Uh, yeah, I think that season, you know, just going off what you said, it was tough. <clears throat> um, you know, new team, new coach, new everything, new facilities. Um, so yeah, it was a grind. And I think I definitely got mentally tougher um Going through that year, uh, lots of ups and downs. Um, and so I think just one thing I've really tried to maintain, you know, I work with a sports psychologist, and something we talk about often is what I said earlier, which is focusing on what I can control and just staying even. Like no matter what happens, trying to just stay even and just build on that and keep that mindset, you know, whether things are going super good or could be going horribly. Um, just maintaining that. Sorry, my roommate just left. Um, Just maintaining that level-headedness so that anything that comes my way, I'm able to handle it. Um, And that's something I want to bring into this year. Uh, I know Orlando with a lot of new faces, you know, rebuilding a team culture with, you know, coaches that are coming from college, which is great. So I think, you know, we're going to have ups and downs too, but being able to have that mindset and that energy and hopefully that you know, rubs off on other people and we're able to just keep building on that as a team.
2: Darian, you mentioned it, uh, having new coaches at Orlando pride uh, that came from college right I mean Amanda Cromwell she spent her entire career at the collegiate level of the game and, and most recently at UCLA uh, eight seasons there and now stepping into the professional side of things. Uh, before we talk about your personal relationship with Amanda and and the coaching staff there, how has the transition been in the first week or so of preseason um, having a coach that's never been at this professional level before are there any differences that you're noticing?
3: Uh, I think, you know, coming from college, I've, I've always really appreciated Amanda. She's helped me a lot in my career. Um, there's like a freshness to training and just energy, which is really contagious to be around. Um, I think that staff works super well together. Um, they all balance each other out in a really great way. And so I think that's exciting to be around, exciting to show up for training. Um, and there's just really, there's something about having female coaches where the communication is just excellent. And it's so (laughs) nice. (laughs) It's so nice and, um, refreshing. So yeah, I think that there's just a freshness and like, everyone's really excited. Everyone's learning new things each day, um, staff down. So
2: yeah, I think that that's been something that's noticeable from day one. Besides the great communication from your female coaches, I mean, you know, this coaching staff from playing at UCLA and, and being with Amanda Cromwell, you mentioned it. It's kind of like a full circle moment coming back. How is it to have that familiarity with the coaching staff and, and them to know you as a player?
3: Yeah. I mean, it's really nice because we already have that player coach relationship, um, And, you know, I know Amanda and the staff is someone that really holds you accountable and is always wanting you to get better. So it's nice to know that you're working with people that have good intentions for you, which isn't always the case. Um, Just comes with the territory of our jobs, which is okay. But uh, it's really nice to just feel like someone has your best interest um, and is wanting to build with you. So that's been a really great part of coming here and working with them again.
1: You know, we've talked a, a bit about it already, how offseason tends to bring a lot of changes. And for Orlando Pride, like, obviously, that included them as a club as well. Saw so, mm-hmm. uh, some departures, right? Big, big names and someone like an Alex Morgan and Allie Riley, Ashton Harris, Allie Krieger, et cetera. But that also meant that the team was welcoming new faces as well. you like yourself included. And we're seeing a lot of excitement um, around some of the college draft picks, you know, coming mm-hmm. through the, the preseason. So in this first week of preseason, preseason CBA gets passed, everyone checks in, everyone starts getting a run in or so how, how has the, the first week specifically of preseason been uh, for, for you all? How uh, is, is it too early to say that chemistry is developing or is there just still those first steps that are being taken?
3: No, I think, it's fair to say chemistry is developing. You know, the first, like I said earlier, the first week is always a hundred miles an hour. Everyone's getting nerves out. Your legs are tired from the running tests. Uh, but you know, we were to actually talk Sid and I were talking about today, how much more we've built on last week to this week, uh, which is really exciting. Um, you never want to go into a season like, Oh my God, the first two weeks. So, <laughs> Um, it's been really good. There's, you know, lots of chemistry that's being built and, you know, it's so fun to play with the players, um, that have just come in and, you know, kind of get them up to speed. It's a lot faster than college. So I think everyone's
2: gelling really well and I'm excited to keep building. Good team vibes overall, already progressing from week one to week two. Wow. You'd love to see that. You'd love to (laughs) see that for you personally, though, when you look at 2022 and, and the season ahead of you in the NWSL specifically, what are some personal goals you're setting for yourself for this season?
3: I think, um, something I struggled with last year that uh, this is again, something I've talked about with my sports psychologist is I just need to be a lot more selfish. Um, I'm a forward for a reason. And yeah, that's something I just need to really add more of to my game. Um, I think I kind of lost it last year just with, you know, the ups and downs of season Um, lost a lot of confidence in myself. And so just getting that back and really just not caring if I mess up and just taking shots and being a lot more selfish, um, Yeah, and then again, like I said, just focusing on myself. Um, I think that I was really concerned with things that were going on around me before, whereas now it's out of my control. And um, yeah, I just want to be a lot more selfish. And I'm really excited to build on this relationship with Marta and Sid and, you know, the midfielders and players around me to really be a lot more dangerous in the attack and be able to be a much more attacking-minded forward. Whereas last year, I felt I got stuck in the defensive
2: role,
1: a lot more. You know, as as a forward, as part of that that front line, one of those things that was coming out was like that the fact that yes, it's Sidney Larue is going to be returning, it's going to be Martha. There were some jokes from fans. They're saying they're like, "What's the team going to look yeah. like, etc." So, in terms of look, just focusing and centering in on that attacking line, it sounds like like you mentioned, like the chemistry is maybe already starting to be built uh, amongst the, the attacking core. Are there any, is there anything that's surfacing for the team or for the front line specifically, like in terms of a theme, like how, have you guys talked about like what you want that attack to look like for Orlando Pride, You what what you want people to point at and say that's an Orlando Pride offense?
3: Yeah, you know, I think it's not, it hasn't been our focus yet, but I think just from us looking from, Building from the back and moving up the field, I think, especially with Sid, myself, Erica, Marta, people are going to be very worried about our speed. Um, and it's kind of a double factor, you know. We have a ten who's the best player in the world, who can is amazing with the ball at her feet. So I think we're going to be a quadruple threat, you know. So I think teams are going to start to have to respect the their space in behind a lot more and as well as that we can play to feet and build through the middle of the field. So I think, you know, we'll kind of fine tune our style of play once season starts and I'm really excited.
1: Oh, I like that. That's exciting. That's an exciting tidbit, I think, for people to maybe hang on to, right, as yeah. they're looking for something to, to latch on to during, during the long uh, preseason. It's some, something else that we've been doing with these player interviews. We like to close them out with a little bit of fun, Darian. So what we've been doing what we've been doing in, in the theme of preseason, it's it's been a lot of chatter about, like, routine and getting back into patterns and stuff like that. So we've been asking um, players on these segments uh, in terms of a routine, pre or post-game, or training, whatever, A, are you a coffee drinker? And B, if you are, do you have a go-to beverage uh, pre or post? Otherwise it's part of your routine.
3: (laughs) I am a heavy coffee drinker. I make my coffee the night before. So I have it once I wake up. Uh, Yeah. Coffee drinker. (laughs) Um, I love it. Yeah. But that's, that's me. I'm heavy on the two cups of coffee every morning. Um, when we have training, um, and yeah, that's really part of my routine. After training, I'm pretty lame. I come home and take a nap and then wake up and get food and just hang out. They're not that exciting during preseason.
2: I mean, that sounds like a nice afternoon, though, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. come home, I'm like, that actually I'm like, that sounds delightful, actually. Yeah. Well, I love
1: that. Let's uh, let's cap it off on that. Uh, Orlando Pride fans uh, get excited for Darian. Stay ready. Jenkins. Uh, We we appreciate uh, you as always for joining us. Uh, we always like to thank our listeners for joining us uh, towards the end of these episodes. So thanks, everybody. Good luck in the 2022 season, Darian. For everybody who's following along, you can follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows, you can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast with your questions, and Lisa and I will answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as video. Subscribe to us on YouTube, visit youtube.com slash Attacking Third, and we'll We'll be back on Wednesday with even more team previews and more interviews. So for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Darian Jenkins, it was
0: a Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.